Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider podcast with your host, Dustin. I wanted to do my post-game pod for the Mavs, uh, I would say, comeback win, whatever you want to call it, um, against the Lakers. Uh, you know, they had a big lead, and the third quarter, at halftime they had a big lead, and the third quarter was a disaster. You know, as I was sitting there watching the third quarter unfold, I was thinking to myself, "What am What am I going to say in this pod? What What am I going to You know, what am I going to talk about? What You know, I, I didn't know how I was going to go about it because I was so mad. But they did get the win, which was great. Um, the one thing that was just atrocious was their three point shooting. And that was ultimately the downfall of the third quarter. They continued to shoot threes and continued to miss them. Luca was 0 for 5. Reggie Bullock was 1 for 7. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith was 3 for 7, which isn't bad. Uh, Maxi was 0 for 1. Um, Bertans was 0 for 4. They just couldn't hit anything. Um, Luca finished with 25 Eight rebounds, five assists, but he had six turnovers. It's the second game in a row he's had more turnovers than assists. I, I would, I, it would be nice if he could clean that up. Um, he also had two blocks. One thing I will say, um, and I know there's probably a lot of Mavs apologists out there, and I, I don't want to say I'm not trying to be too critical of Luca, but I will say they do still have low turnovers in their games because nobody else really handles the ball. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie handles the ball. He had he only had two turnovers. He had nine assists, though. He, he scores a lot, too. So he's sort of a, you know, a guy who's looking to score, I think, more than he is distribute. But at the same time, he did such a great job distributing last night. He had nine assists. And Brunson's sort of the same way. Brunson had a very efficient night. Um... It was really weird. I think one of the things that, you know, I was listening to some other pods they were talking about was Brunson missed most of his shots that he did miss in the third quarter. But overall, you know, he was four for six on his threes. You know, he was nine for 15 overall. He had 22 points. He had four assists. He had four steals. And he only had one turnover. You know, he's between Dinwiddie and Brunson, you know, those two guys are more looking to score. So their turnover numbers aren't what Lucas is, who's looking to score and, you know, assist as well. So as long as Lucas the only one doing the turnover, you know, that's it's fine. You know, obviously it'd be nice if he didn't, but, you know. And one of the things he's doing, he they're... People are playing for the pass now. Um, one thing I have noticed is a lot of teams are they're they're expecting that cross court pass that he's been making, and it seems like he's getting that intercepted a lot. So, um, one of the things that I think would open that up is if he would, at the start of games, be a little more aggressive when he takes it to the rim. Just take the shot. You know, don't worry about passing. And eventually, those guys will start cheating off their guy, and then he can make those passes. But I think you know he tries them early when the guys are ready, and it's you know 
they're looking for those passes. So it'd be nice, and you know, I'd like to see him shoot more. Obviously, he's their you know best player, but it'd be like I said, it'd be nicer if he cut down the turnovers. Um, overall, you know, it was the first half. I thought after the first half, I thought it was going to be a blowout. Uh, you know, that dunk Luca had was incredible. I I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was shocked, and. You know, it's. I know. I, I. I normally I don't talk about one play because I. You know, one play is kind of silly, but it was just so shocking. Because um, he doesn't. That's nothing that like he does. Like he doesn't do that. You know, he gets offensive rebounds, but a lot of his offensive rebounds are from boxing out and being under the goal and getting a rebound. You know, to jump up and catch it and dunk the ball like that was just. I, I think even the fans were like, what just happened? You know, who who was that? You know, and it was just so funny. And I would have loved to hear the radio call of that. I've been trying to find it. I, I don't think, I don't know if anybody's posted it yet or not, but I would love to hear the radio call because uh, Chuck Cooperstein gets so excited. So uh, I'm, I'm going to do a little more researching. But uh, no, that was, it was a fantastic play. Um, you know, in the fourth quarter, when they had to come back, you know, he, he kept switching on LeBron, and he wanted the switch on LeBron, and I was a little curious as to why he wanted the switch on LeBron, because technically LeBron is their best defensive player, probably, at this point. He is an older guy. Um, he doesn't move like he used to. Uh, you know, and it's not, and I'm not digging on him or anything. I just, as someone who's older, you know, when you when you play basketball and you're in your mid twenties, it's a heck of a lot different when you're playing basketball in your very late thirties, and it's it's night and day. And you know, unless you've reached that point, you know, you just don't know. And not that I'm like this professional athlete, but you know, I did. You know, I played basketball, not like professionally, not professionally, but not like in a college or anything. I just played, you know, at the park. And, you know, it's it's a lot different now. If I get out there and I try to play, it's it's a lot different. So, um, you know, he's he's aging. He can't carry a team like he used to be able to. And the Lakers are on a big slide, which is good to see if you're a Mavs fan. Um, but... You know, the fourth quarter, you know, he pretty much took over the fourth quarter. He got a lot of layups. Um, they were hitting their shots. And, you know, it ultimately, you know, they, they were able to come back after losing that big lead. And, you know, they won by five. So, uh, you know, five Lakers scored in double figures. But to me, a lot of that was the third quarter scoring. You know, they scored so much. Um, you know, Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk are just two guys that you can't have score a bunch of points. Um, Russell Westbrook's going to get his. You know, Carmelo can still shoot. Um, I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement, and it's not something that I'm saying I want to happen or something. It's It's just an intuition, just after seeing... After watching the game last night, watching the end, and watching the people talk, I could see Carmelo Anthony playing for the Mavericks next year. I know it sounds funny, um, 
he he's not a great defender. Dallas doesn't have a bunch of great defenders anyways, but they figured out they play a team defense. Uh I he could still score the ball. That is one thing that he can do, no doubt. I that's never been a question. Obviously, it's always been his defense. I always felt he's been played out of position his entire career. Um, but I just the way Mark Cuban and him just sort of embraced each other after the game, and even Luca and him. LeBron didn't talk to anybody. LeBron, when the buzzer sounded, he walked in. The, he didn't talk to anyone. He didn't high five anybody. He was mad. So you know, Carmelo stayed behind though, and you know he hugged Mark like it was you know his long lost dad or something. You know, and he hugged Luca obviously, and it's just like. I, I think the Lakers are going to go in a different direction next year. They're going to have to. And I just would not be surprised if Dallas was looking for more spark off the bench because I think you can get Carmelo for a minimum. And, you know, he played, he scored 20 last night. You know, he had five free throws. He was three for six on his three-pointers. He can still fill up a stat sheet if you need offense, you know. So I, I just thought that was interesting. I'm not saying like I want him or don't want him. I, either way, I you know what? If you're gonna get him on a minimum and he's gonna come off the bench, I'm I'd be perfectly fine to have him. Like I said, you don't. He's not a great defender, and that's fine. But if, if you're getting a minimum guy, you can't expect everything. So I I just thought you know just seeing that and wondering what the Lakers are gonna do in the offseason because they've got to make a lot of moves. I don't know what they're going to be. I Honestly, I don't care. I, I, I like seeing them fail. But um, I just thought that was interesting. So I, I think from what I was reading, and I, I'm real bad about this, and I guess one of the things was it's been so long since the uh, Mavs have played prior to the All-Star break. And... So I was I was listening or watching um, or reading, sorry. I was reading something and it said that they had a five game road trip that ended um, I'm, I'm trying to pull up their they, they had a five game road trip that started prior to the all-star break and so they played Miami yeah okay here it is so they lost to the Clippers at home on February 12th that was their last home game because they get a home game tomorrow I'm recording this on Wednesday so on Tuesday the 15th they played in Miami then Thursday the 17th, they played in New Orleans, and they won both games. Then they played in Utah on the 25th after the All-Star break, then in Golden State, and then in Los Angeles. So yeah, they went 4-1 and one on a five-game road trip. I, I'd have to say uh, that's a little, especially with saying you're going to have to play Miami, you know, New Orleans, eh, I mean, they're playing decent, so, you know, it's still a good game. You know, CJ McCollum is... A really good player who I'd love to have on the Mavs, but um, you know they played Golden State and the Lakers and Utah, and, and to go four and one, I, 
you can't ask for anything more. Three and two would have been fantastic. You know, two and three would have just been okay. You know, you had a you know okay, not great road trip. But to go four and one, that that's that's really good, especially against those teams. Now they do play tomorrow, the th- Thursday. They do play Golden State. Um, I think. Draymond's still out, and I thought I just saw Clay Thompson was questionable. So Clay Thompson could play. Could be interesting. Um, Saturday they do play Sacramento in Dallas. It looks like they have a four-game homestand where they play Golden State, Sacramento, Utah, and then the Knicks. The Utah game is the one that I'm kind of looking at. They got to beat Utah. They got to show they can beat Utah. I think they've lost to Utah twice this year already. They've only played them twice. I think both games were in Utah. Um, yeah, because the Christmas Day game was, I think, in Utah. So um, the Golden State game would be nice if they could win. You know, a 4-0 on a road trip would be nice. I don't expect that to happen. But, I, you know, it, it's just something. They do have a tough schedule afterwards. You know, they get Houston. And then they get Boston, Brooklyn, and Philly in a row. And I, I figure by the time they play Brooklyn, uh, now Kevin Durant's supposed to play tomorrow is the rumor. So by the time they play Brooklyn, I, the Kyrie may still be out because it is in Brooklyn. But Ben Simmons could be there. I, I'm not. You know, we'll have to see. You know, Philly's going to be interesting game with James Harden. Um, you know, Charlotte is struggling. Minnesota's the next. They're playing. You know, they're playing pretty well and they play Houston and then Minnesota again and then Utah and then the Lakers and then Cleveland so they've got a really really tough schedule coming up and I you know I don't know you know what this means is you know they, they're only up half a game on Denver I could see them falling um, to sixth place uh the one thing is I find interesting is the way Golden State's been playing. They've been playing really bad. Um, they're four and six in the last ten. Uh, you know, Dallas could end up playing Golden State if they. You know, if Dallas falls to sixth, and Golden State falls to third. You know, Dallas could be playing Golden State, and that's a tough first round for Dallas. Um, you know, there there. I don't I I think Golden State would be a decent team to play, mostly because Golden State doesn't have a lot of size. You know, they play Looney. And Looney's not that great. He's like their Powell. I don't know what Wiseman's gonna give them. I don't know what kind of player he's gonna be. I, I just don't you know, he only played a couple games in college and he only played a few games his rookie year, and I never saw him really play. So I have no idea what he's going to give them. But I, I think it's more of a favorable matchup. Now, I know a lot of people online were kind of laughing because there were people who, you know, don't think Utah is a great matchup for Dallas, and I'm one of them. I just don't think Dallas is a good matchup against Utah. And I don't think Utah's great. I think Utah has their playoff struggles. But at the same time, I think Dallas struggles with Utah. Uh, you know, Utah has size, and Dallas doesn't. Um, you know, Memphis has Stephen Adams, but Stephen Adams isn't 
defensive player of the year. He's a good player. I'd love to have him on our team, but you know, once you get past Steven Adams, that's it. You know, Denver has Jokic or yeah, Jokic. And once you get past Jokic, that's it. You don't really have any bigs. You know, you don't have to face it. But Utah, they have a guy like Gobert and Whiteside who are seven feet plus. They have O'Neal who plays big. They have Bogdanovich who's a big 6'10". You know, so I just, I think these are, they're, you know, the last time they played them, they just murdered them on the glass. You know, Dallas had their chance, and I know there was some, fouls that weren't called but you you can't just say oh if we would have got those fouls we would have won that's just not how it works you know some of these officials they're just not going to call the fouls and that's how it is so i just you know i i don't want dallas to face utah i'd rather see him face golden state or memphis now phoenix is another animal phoenix has a bunch of bigs at this point now they don't have chris paul i'm eager to see where their record goes um, they've lost the first two games without him. So um, I think they actually played one and won it. Um, they may have played three games without him. I could be wrong, but they have lost two in a row, though. Uh, I, I figured they played a night. I haven't looked at um, the, the games. They do play Portland tonight. Not too tough of a game, but, you know, Portland plays hard. Um But, you know, it's, it's I, I think Dallas probably will fall of the sixth. I don't think they will fall past that. Um, I think Denver getting Murray back, supposedly getting Murray and supposedly getting Michael Porter Jr., they're going to be limited, I feel like, because he's just coming off a of back surgery and coming off an ACL. You're, you're not going to be the person you are before right away. You know, but it still adds depth. It still adds guys who can play, and just getting something out of them is better than you know not getting anything. And I, I just think at some point they're going to pass Dallas. You know, Dallas has that tough schedule coming up. I don't know what Denver's looks like. I haven't looked at it, but I just think Dallas probably falls to the sixth. I think Dallas can win a lot of those games they play, but I think they're going to lose a lot of them too. So. Uh, you know, they're 8-2 in their last 10, which is great. And, um, you know, it's just it's going to be interesting to see with injuries, you know, who's going to end up where. Um, you know, Minnesota is holding on to that seventh spot. I, I think they'll keep it. Clippers are holding on to that eighth. I think they'll keep that. The Lakers, I don't know what Lakers are, man. I, you know, I, there's no way I thought the Lakers could fall out of the playoffs, but they've only got a two-game lead, and Anthony Davis ain't coming back anytime soon at all. Uh, Portland's right there. They've got the same record as New Orleans, and you know, lurking behind is San Antonio. They're a little bit further behind San Antonio. You know, it's three and a half games, four in the loss column, but. If they're just going to lose a bunch of games, then, you know, and I think they have the toughest schedule in the league coming out of the All-Star break. So it'll be interesting to see. In the Eastern Conference, it's still sort of the same. 
Um, the one team I will say, Brooklyn, I'm curious to see what happens once Kevin Durant start playing, once New York figures out if they're going to have a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate or whatever it is mandate. And if Kyrie's going to play every game, because if Kyrie starts playing every game, Kevin Durant's playing every game, you're going to have a really good team and you win a lot of games. You had Ben Simmons to that. I'm sorry. Even if Ben Simmons only scores about 15 points a game, he's still an all-world defender. And that he is a difference maker on the defensive end, and that's just a fact. So I, I, I think if Brooklyn were to get healthy, I could see them winning like 10 in a row at some point. It's still probably going to keep them, you know, in the bottom four of the playoffs. Between, you know, five through eight or whatever, they're probably not going to crack the top four. But I I could still see them going on a run. You know, Atlanta will probably be the team in the number 10 spot. Charlotte's falling hard. They can't win. They're two and eight in their last ten. You know, Washington, I I don't know what's going to happen. Washington wants... KP starts playing, if he starts playing. The one guy, I will say real quick, um, sort of a a team that's not doing anything, um, the Orlando Magic, they got one of their guys back. They got Markel Fultz. I've been eager to see Markel Fultz play because I think he's a good player. And he played last game, and they won. He's playing tonight. Um, The game is on right now. He's got seven points. Um, he's only played six minutes, but I, I think I think Markel Fultz can give you something. Um, I think he's a talented player. I'm curious to see if Jonathan Isaac's going to play this year or not. I have no idea because I think he can. Uh, I, I think he can give you something too, but uh, you know, because he can defend. I, if if I could get Isaac on a minimum deal, I'd take him all day long. The only problem is, is he ain't making the minimum, and I can't remember if he got the extension or not, but um, he's a guy that I just, if he could get healthy and play, and I've, I've said it before in this pod, but if he could get healthy and play, that would be an interesting interesting player to add. But uh, I guess I'm going to end it there. Um, like I said, the Mavs do play Thursday night, and... Italy, and from what I understand, that for those people who are stateside here, that was the last regular season late game that the Mavs are going to be playing. Thank goodness, because I wait, I stayed up till the end, and I was tired. But I do think what stinks is if they end up playing Golden State in the first round, they're going to have those nine thirty starts, and it's going to be so annoying. But you know, it is what it is. But uh, I guess. If you like, you could follow me on Twitter at the Mavs Outsider. Um, if you could rate and review your podcast wherever it is you get your podcast, I'd appreciate it. Um, other than that, we'll see you later.